Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. You are enjoying a cup of espresso at brunch, celebrating your daughter's high school graduation. When your tea-drinking sister suggests you should convert to a healthier morning beverage, perhaps a cup of tea. As a coffee addict, you wonder about the health risks from drinking as much coffee as you do and question whether you should switch to tea. Hi, this is Frank Domino. And joining me this morning to talk about um, our morning coffee is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and the founding chair of the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Frank. Let me just uh, put this coffee cup down here. Uh, ah, good. <laughs> Wipe your chin. Yeah. Bob, I- I've known you for 25 years, and one one thread has followed it, and that you're pretty much addicted to your coffee. Tell me about your favorite beverage, and what does it do to our body? Frank, has it been 25 years? Wow. In yeah. <laughs> Happy to review this. Uh, but just for the record, this is, again, my favorite morning beverage is a cup of coffee. Uh, my evening beverage, of course, is a nice glass of red wine. So, uh, so caffeine, it's, it's a methylxanthine, and it's absorbed uh, about 45 minutes after ingesting. I just want to just review the pathophysiology here just for a minute to think about this. Blood levels peak um, about 15 minutes to two hours after uh, drinking this, and the half-life is variable two to four hours on average. Although, interestingly enough, smokers actually uh, metabolize caffeine uh, much, uh, much, much faster. Caffeine wonderfully crosses the blood-brain barrier. It is eventually metabolized by the liver. It's metabolized by the cytochrome P450 system, uh, cytochrome P1A2 uh, specifically. It's uh, catalyzed, uh, metabolized into uh, peroxine, theophylline, and themobromide. And uh, so you recognize those as uh, medications we use for asthma, right? Uh, and these are further metabolized to uric acid and eventually excreted in the, uh, in, 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 in the urine. Okay. You, you've told us how it, how it gets there, um, and you've mentioned the cytochrome P450. Um, are there any drug interactions that coffee pro- uh, might, might be caused by, uh, by inducing or uh, inhibiting the cytochrome P450 route? Yeah, I brought that up. It's a good question. And uh, there actually are some um, uh, some concerns with other uh, things that are metabolized by that uh, 1A2. These are bronchodilators, the quinolone antibiotics, and uh, a variety of cardiovascular antidepressant medications. So it's worthwhile to keep in mind if somebody's on a medication like that and you're just not seeing or you're seeing some unusual effects from it, then they're coffee drinkers. But for the most part, the average American consumes about 135 milligrams of caffeine a day it's equivalent to about a, a cup and a half of uh, eight ounces of, of, uh, of coffee. So your average cup of coffee contains about 90 milligrams of, uh, of coffee. By the way, your brewed uh, coffee in a coffee shop, about 235 uh, milligrams. That's a 12-ounce uh, beverage. Your average uh, cola has about 32 milligrams. 
and uh, your average uh, energy drink has about uh, 80. All those can vary up to up to about uh, uh, two, uh, uh, 200. And so uh, you can have uh, some uh, poisoning from this, but poisoning from caffeine is really at a very high a high level. You'd have to drink about you know 100 cups of coffee in in, in the setting in order to have uh, uh, fatality uh, from it. And most of the untoward effects, though, that you do see are with higher levels of intake. And so this is more than 400 milligrams uh, per day uh, that, that you're seeing. And, and those effects are anxiety, restlessness, uh, insomnia. And so these are really seen. And if you're taking in uh, more than a gram uh, of caffeine, again, so this is about 10 cups of coffee, you're very likely to see really psychomotor agitation or some rambling thoughts and speech. And I know you've seen that from me on occasion, uh, maybe from the coffee that I've, uh, I've, I've been taking, uh, I've been taking in. Now, co- <laughs> the coffee, it raises your epinephrine levels in the short term. And with that, you have a raise in blood pressure. But these are, um, uh, are seen, but there's tolerance that develops. And so with habitual intake, you actually uh, have, uh, have tolerance. And as I was reviewing, this is really great. This is this uh, review here that was done in New England Journal of Medicine. It was, uh, reviewed all the data on this. And I was surprised to learn that high consumption of unfiltered coffee actually increases LDL cholesterol. And so there's a cholesterol reason. So I'm talking about, we've been talking about caffeine, but there are other things in coffee. And there's this cathsol, which is in coffee, and it can raise cholesterol. And the studies have shown, though, that if you're drinking six cups a day or more, and unfiltered coffee, uh, cholesterol levels, LDL levels can uh, rise up as much as 17 uh, milligrams. So that's pretty amazing. Now, the unfiltered coffees that they looked at were used either in the French press, or Turkish, or Scandinavian boiled coffees. But turns out for drip coffee, filtered coffee, or percolated coffee, the levels, uh, these all get filtered out. And so there's not an effect with that for your typical beverage that we're, uh, that we're drinking. But maybe think it twice about using my French press on a regular basis. Now, interesting. I, I, uh, I appreciate now that there's a difference with how you make your coffee, but I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big filter person. Um, so without a doubt, throughout my medical training and career, uh, coffee has been one of my best friends. Um, besides keeping me awake and possibly helping me pass a test, um, what are the health benefits of coffee? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's actually data that supports what you're, uh, what, what you're saying. And caffeine and its metabolisms have lots of uh, positive uh, physiologic effects. They do increase mental performance and vigilance, and that's because it causes greater alertness. And there's actually um, adenosine in the brain causes you to be drowsy, and caffeine uh, competes with those receptors and, and antagonizes the effect of adenosine. And that's why you have that greater uh, alertness goes uh, along with this. Some studies have shown, again, these are not uh, randomized control, but their cohort studies appears to reduce the risk of depression, appears to reduce the risk of developing Parkinson's disease. Clearly, if you, uh, uh, augmentative effects are uh, with, if you add this to NSAIDs or acetaminophen to treat headache or other pain syndromes, adding some caffeine uh, helps with those uh, pain uh, modulating effects. Modest uh, amounts, again, three to five cups a day, have actually been associated with a reduced risk of coronary artery disease, stroke, and death from cardiovascular causes. And interestingly enough, I wasn't aware of this, but Kathy drinkers have a reduced risk of developing gallstones and kidney stones. Interesting stuff. 
Wow. Um, what about my favorite topic? Won't it make me lose some weight? Oh, well, you know, you're absolutely right. And I, I didn't cover that because you would think that it, it wouldn't. And indeed, because you're sort of uh, revving up your metabolic system here uh, uh, with this. And studies have actually shown that if you're uh, uh, repeatedly taking caffeine, and uh, one study looked at six doses of 100 milligrams of caffeine a day, you had a 5% increase in your 24-hour energy expenditure. So you just were using up a lot more calories sitting there. However, the studies on this have not shown a benefit from weight loss. You know why? Because most of these caffeinated beverages are high in other calories, whether it's energy drinks or soft drinks. Or, you know, I do drink black coffee, but most folks I know put cream and sugar in there. So it kind of acts that that benefits. So if you want to think about it for weight loss, black coffee is the way to go. It'll raise your basic metabolic uh, rate and just burn up a few extra calories just lifting that cup of joe. I, I, I must say, I, uh, in my, my work with helping patients lose weight, getting rid of the double-double, the double shots of, of cream and sweetener um, ha- has a huge impact on the, on the amount of calories they take in and, and the weight they lose. Um, it sounds like, Bob, that there are the health benefits outweigh any real risks for coffee drinking. What should we tell our patient? And um, uh, should they quit their coffee or just limit it to one a day? What do you think? Yeah, no. I tell them they got nothing to worry about. Literally, a large, large body of evidence suggests that the consumption of two to five cups of coffee daily doesn't increase the risk of any cardiovascular disease, cancers, Rather, that level of coffee drinking consistently associated with a reduced risk of several chronic diseases um, and actually a reduced mortality in numerous cohort studies. So it can be considered part of a healthy lifestyle, which is really neat. By the way, if he does decide to quit, people can have a withdrawal syndrome with this, uh, with, uh, with headaches and so on. And so if he does decide to quit, he should wean himself off of it over, over a couple of weeks. But there's absolutely no reason to wean off of coffee. Keep drinking. Bob, enjoy your morning cup, and thank you for reviewing this data. Frank, a pleasure, and it's always great. Uh, Like red wine, this is something I think that has some data that says it's okay to continue drinking. Take care now. Bye now. Practice pointer. Moderate daily coffee, two to five cups a day, is associated with a variety of health benefits, including decreased risks of cardiovascular disease, stroke, depression, and Parkinsonism, and even decreases risk for mortality. Drink up. Join us next time when we talk how to discern COVID-19 from influenza and other respiratory tract infections this winter. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast, and see you next week.